0: Hey everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to my YNR chat for Sunday, January 16th. So, Victoria and Abby want control of their trust funds so badly that they are willing to completely destroy Newman Enterprises in order to get it. I mean, neither of these girls were complaining about Victor's brass tactics when he was using them to put all of those dollars and cents into the bank, into their little trust funds, and suddenly now, it is completely not okay for him to manage the business the way he always has, the same way that he always has. I hate this lawsuit. I hate it. I, it's... It's not about business, it's not about the money, no matter what anyone on either side of it wants to say or believe. I mean, the the results of the audit came back this week and showed conclusively that there were no financial uh, improprieties on Victor's part, um, and and you really cannot say that Victor has not tried to settle it. I mean, if it's all about the money, then then why exactly didn't Victoria and Abby take those huge checks that Victor offered to them? I mean, he offered them a way out, and they decided not to take it. I mean, the the frankly, the truth is this entire thing is about hurt feelings and poor communication, okay, from everyone on all sides. And if if that's what it's about, if it's not about money, if it's not about business, if it truly is just personal family business, then they should work it out privately, you know, and not in court. I mean it's just so ridiculous because now Newman has to lay off all of these workers. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining that was me losing my job because of, you know, because of this crap. I mean, it's it's a lot of lives that are getting caught in the crosshairs of a bitter family battle. And that's what it is. It's just family dynamics. It doesn't have anything to do with business. It doesn't even really have anything to do with money, I think we've, we've established. So, um... <sighs> It's sad. It's disheartening. And not even to mention the fact that if you decide uh, that a mergers and acquisition company is no longer allowed to merge and acquire, (laughs) the whole business is going to go down the drain. It's not even going to be a couple of months before the business is down the drain. And that means, Victoria and Abby, that your precious little trust funds are gonna go down the drain too. And no one has even mentioned the fact that that means that Nick's trust fund will go down the drain too. And you know what? That means that Summer and Faith and Reed's trust funds are all gonna go down the tube too over this bitterness between father and daughter. I mean, it's really... It's, it's ridiculous. I wish that Abby would be the one to come to her senses, because as you're watching them, you know, during these mediations, Abby seems to be the only one that's feeling a little uncomfortable. I mean, Abby would have taken the check and run months ago and been done with it if it were up to her. But it's Victor versus Victoria. You know, they have to go head to head and someone has to win. But you know what? That means that someone has to lose and it's not gonna be pretty i mean i i was kind of keeping my fingers crossed that maybe abby would be the one to come you know uh try to bring everyone together but it's clear that victoria is the one who's pulling the strings in this situation and i mean it's ironic because both girls are rebelling so hard against victor but they're acting just like him i mean really truly they are his children acting just like him and In a weird way, I kind of think that Victoria, at least, she has kind of like transferred her identity from being Victor's daughter to now being Billy's wife. That's what she is. It's like she has to constantly define herself by something other than herself, and it's very it seems out of character, and really it seems like it's only been within the last couple of years, but it's there, it's prevalent, and Billy has been hovering over her uh, for quite a while now, I mean, pretty much since the whole lawsuit thing has started, he's been pretty much guarding her like a dog, and, I mean, okay, Victoria and Nick were um, having a, a brother and sisterly private Family conversation this week, uh, wherein Nick decided to give her a reality check. I mean, Victoria needed to know the actions of, you know, she's no longer working at Newman Enterprises. She needed to know that the actions that she's, the path that she's chosen has affected things at the business. And Nick came over to tell her that. He wanted to give it to her straight. And Billy bursts in, just bursts in. And throws Nick out of the house. Just threw him out of the house. I couldn't even believe it. I mean, Victoria and Nick are family, okay? Victoria has a right to talk to her brother. Nick has a right to talk to his sister. Who are you, Billy? I understand. I mean, you know, I I feel like I... Victoria needed to understand the effects of her actions. But I also appreciate... That Billy loves her. I like that about him. He's protective of her. But at this point, I kind of feel like he's trying to keep her from her family. Trying to keep her from reconnecting with her family. Because he hates Victor. You know? I mean, that's the vibe I'm getting. But it's really hard to say. You know? Because Victor does it too. I mean, Victor, I'm not saying that Victor's blameless in all of this by any means. Um, Victor has done plenty of things that were horrible to Victoria, including having her arrested on her wedding day and, frankly, the whole keeping Victoria and Nikki apart while Nikki was in rehab. It's not good. I mean, I'm not saying that Billy doesn't have a reason to be upset with Victor. Victor has this very powerful spell over Victoria. I mean, he he only wants her to do what he wants her to do, and he's able to make her do it. And it's it's almost like uh, you know maybe you know Billy doesn't you know Billy's kind of replaced Victor in that way in Victoria's life. It's very strange. And uh, the bottom line is, my friends, Victoria, Abby, Victor, Billy, they all have way more in common. Than they're willing to admit because they are all control freaks. And not, none of them, not one single one of them is better than the other. So last week, I was completely taken (laughs) by the actress who played Primrose DeVille. I just liked her instantly. There's just, there was something about her, and I, it felt familiar, and I liked it, but, like, I couldn't quite put my finger on what, how she reminded me of something, or why I liked her, and then, ding, ding, ding! (laughs) It totally dawned on me that it was Ellen Green. And, (laughs) (laughs) she played Audrey in uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the movie musical that I'm sure you have all seen and loved as much as I did. Um, She was obviously wearing a a wig in Little Shop of Horrors, and she's, you know, that's quite an older uh, film. But And I really haven't even seen her in much else. But yeah, Primrose Seville uh, has been played by Ellen Green, who also played Audrey. In Little Shop of Horrors, I was so like happy to, when I when I figured it out. I was so happy because, um, well, number one, I love that movie, and number two, that means that she has worked with one of my personal heroes, Steve Martin, <laughs> and Rick Moranis. Not that he's a hero, but I like me some Rick Moranis. So uh, props! It was so awesome to see her. Um, and I thought maybe you'd get a kick out of realizing that that was what the connection was. Please, YNR find a way to bring her onto the show more i'm begging you that would be so great i just think she has like a really weird cool vibe about her that i would just love to see more and since i'm sure that uh, the the head honchos very high up in the young and the restless cbs ranks have their probably have their monday morning meetings and watch my videos <laughs> I'm sure that they're going to hear that and they're going to put that right on the agenda. So you're welcome, Ellen Ellen Green, if I get you a full-time job. I'm totally kidding, uh, by the way. Um, So anyway, this week I learned a little something. I learned something new every week with The Young and the Restless, and this week I learned that it costs two million dollars. That's the going rate for a black market baby. Uh, I didn't know that before, and now I do. And uh, Billy just looked so ashamed of himself. The whole time, the whole time he's conducting this uh, very dark transaction. He is just looking very very ashamed of himself and he should, you know, because I mean on the one hand, he knows that buying a baby is super sketchy. <laughs> but on the other hand, he just wants to make Victoria happy. He knows how much she's hurting right now and he wants to make things better and that's the only way he knew knows how. Plus, for all he knew, that baby could have ended up in a home with parents that didn't love her and weren't going to care for her. So, that way, at least, you know, he knew that that baby was was going to be going to a loving couple um, that would give her a good home. I, yeah, I mean, that's the one side of it. I, and the other side is just that, you know, the whole thing was... Risky business, no doubt. I mean anyway he slice it, especially with Primrose being as creepy as she was. I mean what I mean he was he was totally interested in making sure she wasn't gonna scam him out of the money, but it didn't even seem to occur to him that the whole thing could have easily been a setup. I mean, literally the second he got his hands on the baby, there could have been handcuffs on him in that same exact moment. I mean, what would Victoria say then, Billy? If you were arrested trying to buy a black market baby, he probably would have just blamed Rafe. (laughs) But, I mean, the whole thing is just built on a house of sand, Really? I mean, how is Victoria going to feel when the baby ends up getting ripped away from her as soon as she starts to develop a bond with it? I mean, we all know that, you know, we're going to find out one of these days that Billy and Victoria are raising Daisy and Daniel's child. I mean, it's it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but sooner or later, somewhere down the line, that bombshell is gonna get dropped. And how hard will it be on Victoria to have to give up the baby? How long how difficult will that be for her in the long run? And won't that pain outweigh the pain that she's feeling now? I mean, I think so. Ugh. I feel like Billy's heart is in the right place, but his head is full of rocks. I mean, just rattling around up in his little brain. Bless him. Just bless his little soul. I mean, he ended up bringing the baby back to Victoria like it was a new puppy he bought her on Christmas morning. I mean, that was totally the vibe that I was getting. And I <laughs> I half expected him to put the baby in a box with a bow and let Victoria, open it up. I mean, surprise! I really hate seeing kids being taken away from their parents. I mean, it's kind of a pattern on this show. It seems like all the time someone is being declared an unfit parent. And it's kind of disturbing to think that, you know someone can call you an unfit parent and the next thing you know your child's getting ripped away from you. I mean, I think that's a total crock. But on on the you know, on the other hand, I do kind of see Nick's point about Sharon and her lack of parenting to Faith. I mean, Nick is the one who has been taking care of Faith for months. Now, while Sharon's been off trying to get her deviant boyfriend <laughs> out of jail. I mean, I love Sharon. I really do. I, I I love her. But, and Adam has grown on me a lot. So this is not an anti-Shaddam er, or thing. <laughs> I really like them both. But Nick is not completely in the wrong here, I have to admit. I mean, Sharon knew that Nick was on the verge of filing for full custody, but did that change anything about anything? That didn't change her colors one single little bit. She was still heading on down the path she was gonna head on down, whether or not Nick was gonna file for full custody. I mean, after Nick told her that he was thinking about filing for full custody, Sharon should have at least made an effort then to try to spend more time with Faith. She didn't start spending more time with Faith until after Nick was like, look, we're do- I'm doing it. This is it. He was really threatening her. I mean, she, she didn't change anything to try to try to help herself and help her child. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I I kind of see where Nick was coming from. I mean, I'm glad that Nick ultimately came around um, and decided to let Sharon see Faith as much as she wants. I mean, I, I as much as as long as Adam isn't around. So the whole thing is Sharon can see Faith as much as she wants, as long as Adam isn't around. And I'm thinking that sounds like a totally legitimate compromise. Don't you think? I mean, I don't see why any of this isn't something, again, that couldn't be solved within the family, not necessarily in court. But, okay, since, I mean, there's no question that Adam has been a danger to Faith in the past. No question, no matter how much we like him and no matter how sexy he is with Sharon, Adam has been a danger to Faith in the past. Nick doesn't like him. Sharon loves him. Okay, compromise. Maybe that's just the the mediator in me, but I just think... You know, doesn't that sound like a perfectly legitimate meeting in the middle point, you'd think? Because I can guarantee you right now, no matter how copacetic things are looking, it's all going to turn around the moment that Adam moves in with Sharon and starts staying on the ranch right next door to Nick and Faith. That's right, guess who's out of jail? (laughs) Adam is a free, free man. No more prison jello for him, right? And who does he have to thank for it all? Well, Sharon. (laughs) Mostly Sharon, but mostly Jack. (laughs) Jack was so, so cute in his little backpack and his sunglasses and the whole gear, his whole surfer dude gear. I thought that was so adorable. That had been the highlight of the week for me. I mean, did you just call me bra? <laughs> that was so awesome. I mean, that those are the moments that make me love YNR uh, more than anything. So, Jack was able to find Two major pieces of evidence uh, to, to clear Adam's name. Number one, <clears throat> the perfume bottle. So, Sky's entire hut went up in flames like a tiki torch, but a glass bottle with a paper label and flammable liquid inside survived just fine. Yes, yes, yes. I totally believe that. And uh, more importantly, I guess, number two, being the keychain. So, the whole keychain thing was, you know, able to link Skye to the post office box in Hawaii, and thus closed the chapter on uh, the Hawaii part of the story, which is good, because if I had to hear, if you plant for a year, (sighs) one more time, I was going to scream. Victor inviting Diane and Kyle To move in with him just proves that Victor is a lonely, lonely old man. It's kind of sad, actually, if you think about it. I mean, have you ever noticed that Victor treats Diane and Sharon and Kyle, frankly, better than he treats Victoria and Nikki and Nick? I mean, what's that all about, Victor? It's like he has no reason whatsoever to trust Diane. And I still don't completely know why Victor and Sharon seem to have this unbreakable bond. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I really do. I think that in so many ways, Victor just is the father that Sharon never had. But that doesn't explain his side of it. I mean, he treats his own children, his actual children, like crap. So for some reason, he seems to favor Sharon, this is what I really want to, I want to get your input on this. What is the explanation behind this unbreakable bond that Victor and Sharon share? I mean, Sharon can talk to Victor the way nobody else can. I mean, she, (laughs) she just looks at him and as long as she says it in a very calm voice, she can just tell him to just go right to hell. And he doesn't even, he doesn't even flinch. It's just, I mean, their conversation at the athletic club this week was just so muted. You know, it was just, it, the delivery was just so you know, flat, but the words that they were saying were so like antagonistic. And it was, it's just so weird. They have this just unexplainable bond. And I would really love to know what your thought about that is. Why is it? Why is Victor so partial to Sharon? I think is probably the the more key question. I think we understand maybe Sharon's part of it, but what is it about uh, Sharon that Victor can't seem to resist? Um, I don't know, I still think it's kind of weird that he asked Diane and Kyle to move in with him, and certainly, Diane moving in with him has ruffled some feathers, <laughs> to say the least, and, you know, in different ways, because Nick is completely happy about the fact that Diane is living on the ranch now, uh, because I guess, you know, now he can get nookie morning, noon, and night. Why not? <laughs> you know, I mean, really. I The, my, the whole thing, though, the only thing about Diane and Nick living on the same property is that it can definitely make for some sexy, sexy lunch breaks, (laughs) as they mentioned. But it could also get really awkward if things start going south, which I'm sure they inevitably will at some point. And I don't know. I think that Especially now with Adam and Sharon and Nick and Diane living on the same property, things could go south even quicker. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's going to get ugly. And I don't even want to think, don't even want to think about what Victor is going to say when he finds out that his son is sleeping with his ex-wife. It's not going to be good at all. And and, please say that there's not going to be a triangle with Victor and Nick and Diane. Just please tell me that that's not gonna happen because I really, really don't want to see that. And mm, I mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just the thought of that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, so, Jack nearly blew a gasket <laughs> when he found out this week that Diane is living with Victor. And more importantly, he uh, found out that his son is living with Victor. Ooh, that's gotta sting. It was like, as much as Jack kind of went up to Victor with the whole Adam thing, Victor got in a sly little dig to Jack. Maybe that's why, maybe that's the whole reason he asked him to stay. But he definitely got that in, um, having uh, Jack's son living with him. And and the whole time uh, that... Victor and Jack were having this fight in the living room. Victor actually called Kyle son right in front of Jack. I don't know if any of you caught that, but he just called him son. I think he was telling him to go play or something. Oh, Jack was so mad. (laughs) Oh, I kept thinking the entire time, like, what on earth is it that's keeping Jack right now from just hauling off and punching Victor right in the face? Well, Daniel is slowly but surely coming back to us. Thank goodness. I really didn't want to see this develop into some sort of terrible amnesia storyline, and I'm so happy that it doesn't seem to be. So Daniel is able to remember everything about New Year's Eve, except that Daisy actually had the baby, I would think that would be the thing that would stick out most in your mind. I don't know. And I think she even told him that she was going to Canada. But this whole thing is just buying Daisy more time to flee. Which is just very, very sad. And I don't know. I just don't know. What I do know, though, one thing I really wanted to comment on is that Phyllis was uh, chastising Lauren this week for questioning Daniel in the hospital. Lauren was kind of pushing him, trying to get him to remember things about Daisy to try to, you know, get a clue for where she was, you know, hiding or where they could look for her. And I agree that it was in poor taste. Lauren probably should have waited <laughs> to try to probe Daniel for the information, but Phyllis totally jumped on Lauren and said to her you know you used to have my back what happened to you and it culminated in this in this fight between these two women who used to be really good friends and whose friendship I used to enjoy but you want to know what happened to Lauren Phyllis I'll tell you what happened to Lauren you decided <laughs> excuse me <laughs> But you decided, Phyllis, that you were going to work your magic to get Daisy out of jail, regardless of the fact that Daisy is somebody who tortured your best friend for months. I mean, frankly, although I love Phyllis, <laughs> I feel like the friendship was fractured by Phyllis, not by Lauren. It was it was Phyllis who broke this bond between the two women first by getting Daisy out of jail. Am I the only one that thinks that? I mean, plus, Michael is still standing by Phyllis, which is way more than he's obligated to do. I mean, I feel like Lauren and Michael have been way more, way more (laughs) supportive of Phyllis than Phyllis has been of Lauren and Michael. I mean, really, is there any question? I feel like that's the truth. And, uh... It just gets my blood boiling thinking about it. How long, you guys, how long is Daisy going to ruin these people's lives, even from a thousand miles away? It's all Daisy's fault. She's coming between my two ladies. And I mean, how long is this going to go on? And and furthermore, what kind of danger are Victoria and Billy going to be in when Daisy decides that she wants her spawn back? good old Jana is playing up her fake illness so very well. I mean, she's cooking for Kevin. She's warming him up with a blanket. She's, uh, I think they're even sleeping in the same bed. That's the impression I get. So, if the plan is to smother him to death until he loves her again, then it's all systems go, you know? I mean, ugh. Thankfully, though, this week, Gloria got in on the action, and this was one of those times that I was just so grateful for Gloria. There aren't that many of them, (laughs) but this was a moment where I was just like, yes, Gloria, she got in there. She had dinner with Jana, and she threw out some pretty tough curveball questions to try to trip Jana up, Um, but Jana didn't budge. Jana handled it like a pro, a pro sociopath, a professional sociopath. <laughs> is how Jana handled it. I mean, even to Gloria's trickiest questions, Jana answered just like it was two thousand and ten all over again. I mean, it's it was it was sad because I was kind of wanting Gloria to trip her up, but still, it still still feels hopeful. You know, I feel like I hope that Gloria is the one to discover this. You know, to to trip Janna up. I mean, I think I want her to be the one, you know, to 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 blow this wide open that Janet is faking. And the sooner, the better, please. The sooner, the better. I, I, I totally enjoyed seeing Chloe and Kevin this week. I just they were sneaking off to the, the coffee house to kind of make out in the back room. And I just really think that they are Hot together. I've gone through the you know through different phases of wanting this relationship or not wanting it, but I'm I'm on board with Chloe and Kevin now. I mean, for it's it feels really special because they've been friends for so long, and ideally that's how a great romance would develop—being friends first, you know. And we've seen Chloe and Kevin together for years being really good friends, and we're just now starting to see them have their first kissing scenes, and it's just, like, it's so good because it's been so built up, you know, and it just, I'm feeling it. I'm totally along for the ride. I mean, I... I I'm watching their kissing scenes, and I'm feeling totally satisfied. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> I was so glued to my screen during Chloe Kevin scenes this week that I barely took any notes. Like usually, I've you know I'm watching and I'm kind of making little notes of you know observations that I want to make sure that I mention here. Um, on my weekly recap. And this week, <laughs> this is a good one, my only note <laughs> that I wrote down during the Chloe and Kevin scenes was, I wonder if the guy actors ever get boners <laughs> during the lovemaking scenes. This week, Heather found out that Chance is still alive. Mm, I mean, honestly, mm. <laughs> that probably should have been some huge bombshell, but I I could care less, to be completely honest with you. I'm more interested in seeing Chloe's reaction to finding out that Chance is still alive. That's the only thing that even interests me about this entire storyline, and I'm wondering <clears throat> if the fact that Chance is now alive or still alive, I wonder if that's going to affect Chloe's relationship with Kevin because she expressed some reluctance to move ahead, you know, this week because of his situation with Jana and, you know, kind of wondering, should I wait until this is all over? Which I was surprised about. But anyway, I mean, with Kevin being completely tied down to, to Jana and Chloe realizing that chance her... Probably like one of her first loves, you know, she was engaged to him, finding out that that he's still alive after how much she mourned for him. I'm kind of wondering if that's going to really affect her and really affect her relationship with Kevin. It sounds like there's pretty much no doubt that Chance is going to be coming back onto the scene Nina, unfortunately, is not able to be the donor to um, Ronan, for lo- Ronan's liver uh, transplant, I, although I totally enjoyed Nina this week. She confronted Ronan um, about why he didn't want to confide in her, and it was just a wonderful mother-son moment, and I just love Nina. I, I, we're seeing her the right amount, too. I don't want to get over nina <laughs> I want to get have just the right amount of Nina, and I really, really enjoyed it. I love her motherly instinct. It's too bad that she can't be the one to to um, donate the liver. That was kind of what I was hoping for because I could really care less about Chance and whether or not he comes back. But it looks like Chance is the only chance for <laughs> for Ronan's uh, recovery. Chance is the only hope for Ronan's recovery. Which is too bad. I was kind of hoping that maybe Heather could be the donor, because then at least we could hope and pray for surgical complications. Well, those are my YNR thoughts for this week. I hope that you enjoyed them. And just a reminder that this YNR chat is being simultaneously video-recorded and posted on YouTube and audio recorded and issued via podcast which you can download on iTunes. So, you can watch this, you can listen to this, whatever's easiest for you. Most importantly though, I can't wait to get your feedback. I feel like I've talked a lot this week. This is going to probably be a super long one. Um, so there's a lot for you guys to comment on. I'm really looking forward to hearing what your thoughts are. So, Leave me a comment on YouTube, or if you're listening on the the podcast, you can go on to the website and leave me a comment. That's yrchatblog.blogspot.com, and everyone is welcome to go to that site and check it out. Sometimes I post little extra things. Um, Sometimes I don't, (laughs) but it's worth checking out anyway. Hey, why not? Um... I can't wait to hear from you guys. It's always good to get your perspectives on the show. So find a way to leave me a comment and I will be reading and responding and watching with you all next week. Um, And I'll be looking forward to chatting with you next Sunday about the show. So everybody, I love you so much. You guys are awesome. You make my week. Um, And I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. I will see you then. Bye.